This morning is going to be a bit of a different service. Uh, as we've introduced over the past three weeks, we are going to be having more of a question and answer morning. And uh, we're going to continue on with our, uh, our series on spiritual gifts. But this morning, Bruce and uh, uh, James are going to be up here. And we're going to be asking them some questions that you've submitted over the past few weeks regarding uh, spiritual gifts. Uh, we're going to have a, a, few, uh, a few other uh, little additions in our, into our service. Speaking of things that dads never say, uh, typically pastors aren't known to say, please take out your cell phones during this morning's sermon. Uh, but we're going to ask you to take out your cell phones this morning for today's sermon. And uh, what we'll ask you to do is grab your phone, go to menti.com, and enter the code 526555. Okay? So grab your phones. We're going to do some live polling on spiritual gifts. We're going to get you uh, interacting the similar ways that, uh, that with James and, and Bruce. Um, so you can, uh, you can practice here. Okay, so get out your phones. We'll all do this. Those of us who have phones. Those of you who don't, there's probably someone in within a little bit of it. You'll still be able to benefit, even if you don't have a phone and can't participate. You'll, you'll see here in a minute. Okay, so enter the phone. I'm just uh, doing this now. It, uh, it'll take a minute. If you're on data, it'll probably work a little bit better. If you're all on the public, it's going to crash. So if you have data, use that. We're going to be using our phones. I'm going to be using my phone this morning. If you have questions about spiritual gifts, I think my phone number is going to be up there. And uh, uh, you can end up texting me directly. Uh, thanks, Lance. Um, be positive with your comments. Thanks, Lance. Otherwise, I will call you out. That's your warning. So, as you can see, how's the temperature in the room? Uh, you can use menti.com and... Uh, and rank it, and it'll, it'll show up as one side or the other um, right now after a little bit. I was going to say too cold, because that's typically where I stand, but right now I'm feeling a little warm. So we're going to be doing this uh, throughout the morning. There's going to be some different polls that we'll be having uh, intermixed with some of the, uh, the questions that are coming, as well as I'll be taking some of your questions about spiritual gifts. If there are other stuff about uh, smoked meat or something like that, Lance, I probably won't respond um, but uh, the one thing to remember is actually you have to hit submit. This is, as we tested this with staff, uh, a lot of us missed the actual clicking the submit button. Oh, I, did. I just clicked submit. <laughs> I missed that. So click the submit button. You don't just scroll it over. Uh, you have to actually hit the submit, and it'll, it'll uh, show up up there. Okay, did we, get, did we get that? So how's the temperature in the room? A little warm? Okay. Well, let's go to the second question here, and you can look on your, on your app here. Um, have you signed up for either our digital bulletin or our church app? So if you're wondering, what's going on in the life of the church? How do I find out? The church doesn't communicate with me enough. I don't know what's going on. Our question to you is, have you signed up for the digital bulletin or our church app? Yes or no? I'm clicking yes. I'm hitting submit. It's good to see. We have 63% that have. Uh, if you're wanting to know how, you can sign up for the church app or the church weekly e-bulletin that will be sent to your email. Uh, it's on your welcome sheet that you received this morning. So 
a bulletin like this, a digital bulletin, allows us to do so much more than the paper versions that you hand out. You can access all sorts of links and all sorts of those kinds of things. So right now, we are sitting at 62% of the congregation-ish. Uh, good to know, 9%. Uh, are, uh, do we have a church app? What is that? Yes, we do. Again, look at your welcome sheet that you received from the ushers, and you can sign up for an app that way, or you can get it uh, via email, and both of those are, uh, are helpful. Okay, so that's how we're going to be looking this morning at uh, 209 people are playing along this morning. Uh, we will end up uh, getting a bit more serious here, but it's, it's just helpful for us to, to get you into it and, and uh, see how, how this works. So we've been in this uh, series called Spiritual Gifts, and uh, James spoke one week. Uh, that was on the justification of the gifts. Why do we have them? Uh, his summary was the charismatic nature of the church is being expressed by the outpouring of God's gifts to his people. That's why we have them. Uh, Bruce followed up with a couple more weeks. Uh, one of his, what's the context of the gifts? The context, if you remember, uh, he put up that sticker on the screen for those of you that were here. Uh, it is not, where, where is it? It's not about me, was the big sticker that was in there, uh, given to him by his mother-in-law, I believe, uh, as a nice, gentle reminder. Spiritual gifts, they're not for us. They're for the benefit of other people, those around us. It's for the the benefit of Christ. It's for the body of Christ. Uh, Those of you that were here may remember Spencer trying to speak through his kidney. Yes. And really using that body part to try to speak. He didn't do it, in case that's a surprise to you. Um, But trying to see the different body parts and how how that gets shown in the life of the church, that we need different body parts to, to be used in, the, in, our, in our church. Uh, the, the, then last week, the posture of the spiritual gifts Bruce talked about. And what's the posture that we need to use our spiritual gifts in the life of the church? A lot of people don't even notice that they're using their spiritual gifts. It just, it, it, it comes so naturally. But when it, as it comes naturally, our posture needs to be a posture of love. It sounds rather simple, but it doesn't always... And we have some questions on that. Even the emotion that gets churned up uh, about uh, our spiritual gifts. But love for others needs to be the main posture that we approach uh, our spiritual gifts with. So we're going to jump in here uh, this morning. And uh, um, you might not hear... If, for those of you that submitted questions, you might not hear the exact question. But we tried to get at what, what's behind the question so that we can really get to uh, some of the, the, uh, the key things. Uh, we have another poll here. Uh, just to get started, Bruce and James, why don't you guys come up now, because we're going to get started right away. Uh, do you believe in spiritual gifts? Just a, kind of a quick, a quick question. Don't think too deeply about it. you believe in them or not? It's okay if you're here and you go, spiritual gifts, I don't even believe in them. What is that? That's okay to click. Uh, let us know. Um, put it up there. A couple say no, thank you. That's good to hear. It's interesting that, uh, um, that, that we see what, where people are at in our, in our congregation, even if we don't believe them. That's, that's good. We'll, uh, we can talk about that. What are we at here? Okay. 194 responses, 2%. So no. Um, next question. Uh, do you have an understanding of which spiritual gift or gifts the Holy Spirit has given to you personally? 
I'm going to click on here. Yes, I do. That's how I voted. It's anonymous, as you can tell. So it uh, gives you something to look at. It gives our, our, uh, our panel up here of experts something to look at so they understand. 38% would not have an understanding of the spiritual gifts. 62%, well, about a third here. Two-thirds would have an understanding of it. That's good. Um, like I said, we're gonna, going to jump right in to uh, some of your questions that you've submitted over the past few weeks. If you have other questions, uh, you can, I don't know if my number will be up there later. You can just send a text if something's not clear. Uh, we can, then I can throw wild card questions at these guys. We have somewhat prepared, but uh, I have freedom to go wherever I want this morning. <laughs> I have a few wild cards of my own. All right. So, um, when it comes to, oh, let's go into this next. There's one more, one more question here, right? Um, where does the responsibility, let's start here. This is going to be a question for these guys too. Um, where does the responsibility lie? in discovering spiritual gifts. So on the one side, it's my initiative. I'm supposed to read books. I'm supposed to take a risk and try something. Uh, I'm supposed to just jump in to trying a spiritual gift and hope that works on the one side. The other side is the leader initiative. Maybe the pastor's supposed to teach on it. There's supposed to be a program in the church that will identify my gifts. I'm supp- you know, we're supposed to pass out hand forms to every person on to rate your, what your spiritual gifts are. And we're supposed to take the initiative in, is leadership, pastor, or leader, your small group, whatever, uh, should take it. Um, where would you put yourself on that sliding scale of who should initiate this? We're right at, that it's up to you right now would be the, the majority of people. 210 responses. Yeah, a, Somewhere in, it's, it's up to me to take the initiative on this thing. Bruce James uh, comments on this one. Who's the, who, who should take the initiative? How would, how would we want that from the leadership perspective in the church? Uh, is that about right? 4.6 on the sliding scale? I, I can give you Bruce's email address if you like. <laughs> his cell phone number. I think that's actually very accurate. That is how I... Just in that, as I was praying through this question, a few verses came to my mind. The first one is Philippians 3, where Paul talks about how he was striving or pressing, uh, pressing hard to try to obtain that for which Christ Jesus had taken hold of him. And he talks about how he was striving after that. So I think there is this sense that we want to long for what Jesus Christ has for us by his spirit that is in us. And so... Paul also says in 1 Corinthians 12 that we are to eagerly, eagerly desire the gifts. So I think that is part of spiritual health and, and vitality as believers is that, is that we long to serve and we long to, to know how God wants to use us. Um, at the same time, I think that we also have leaders that can, can come alongside and help us to discern and maybe help us to understand, especially certain giftings. Certain giftings, I think, will, will especially if they're very public, um, and can impact the body in significant ways, I think there is need for more discernment. Then I think maybe the leaders do need to come alongside you and, and help re- release you, very much as Bruce did for myself. He did not just let me come up here and start to preach. Um, I have the gift of prophecy. Can I stand up in front of your church and, and say something and, and start to speak? He knew who I was. There was a process. 
And, you know, we had one Sunday where he just introduced me and interviewed me a little bit. So I think it does depend a bit on what the gifting is. Yeah, yeah I, I appreciate the, the response from people here as well, too. I think the initiative lies uh, more with the individual. Um, and oftentimes, you know, as, as churches have wrestled with this question, I think churches have established programs and pathways for people to go through. In fact, there, there was one that was called PATH. And uh, we even uh, used that here at Forest Grove many years ago. Uses, uh, I think the, the curriculum is called Network. Um, sometimes when you start with those kinds of things, it gets to be an administrative bottleneck. Uh, and so that's why what we've tried to do is simplify some things. And so on our website, which we won't show now, Jillian will probably do that a little bit later once we're done the polling stuff because it might mess things up up there. But uh, on our website, and uh, I'll reference it a little bit later again too, it shows uh, four steps that we encourage you to consider in terms of how to understand and assess and discern your spiritual gifts. And the first one is simply start serving. Uh, It's just begin, start somewhere, just engage, see where there's a need and just step in. Because as you start serving, you actually get a sense of the things that you're passionate about, interested in. You're also then working with other people. And so just by serving and being a gift to the body, is a really good starting point. Uh, the second step in that is, is just personal prayer and reflection. Um, you know yourself very, fairly well. Um, nobody knows you better than the creator who made you. As it says in Psalm 139, that we are intricately and wonderfully made, and we are made by God himself, uh, the one who created the universe, knit you together. And so as you spend time in prayer and reflection and just seeking God in this topic, uh, God will show things to you, reveal things to you, uh, in that. So personal prayer and reflection. Uh, even in Romans, 3, or Romans 12, verse 3, where it says, take an honest assessment of yourself. Uh, and, and then it goes into the spiritual gifts that it, it mentions in Romans 12. And that, that truth of not to have too high of a view of yourself, nor to have too low of a view of yourself, but take an honest assessment of yourself. And so that personal study and reflection is an important piece as, as well, too. Uh, the third step that we have on our website there is it says use some other resources. And there's all kinds of resources out there like spiritual gift inventories and other things that you can use. You go online and you'll find endless opportunities. We actually don't list any on the website and that's partly intentional because there are so many out there. Uh, you can find all kinds of them. But just to, to use some additional resources and I'll talk about one a little bit later on. Uh, and then uh, fourthly, bring in other people such as uh, leaders that you're serving with, other people maybe in your small group. Small, use your small group. It's a great place and a context to discern your spiritual gifts. And so those four things are hopefully some practical, helpful pieces of how do you discern your spiritual gifts. Uh, but I think it starts with the individual taking the initiative to walk through and, and not just waiting or expecting somebody else to kind of channel them through this whole thing from start to finish. So a great way to take the initiative goes back to our Bible app, uh, Bible app, our uh, church app uh, question. Um, if you want to know, okay, what are places that I can be serving, check out the church app. Uh, the last couple of weeks, there was uh, landscaping day. And so Thursday and Saturday morning, we had a group of people here that were doing the landscaping out in the front. Uh, it was amazing the different, and I can't say they're spiritual gifts, but it's a great place to start. We had uh, one person who came by and just passed out water. We had another person who was digging out rose bushes by hand. We actually had four women digging out those rose bushes by hand. We had another guy just trenching. We had other kids around picking up pine cones or whatever. But it's a good example of everyone contributing with what they could. Uh, the, the guy who was uh, digging a, a trench with a pickaxe for hours 
uh, doing some edging, probably would have been bored with just passing water. The person who was passing out water probably wasn't about to use a pickaxe for an hour. And so find out some of those things that, uh, using our, uh, our e-bulletin and uh, see what's happening and, and get involved in the life of the church. There will be ways that you'll just see, oh, well, I'd kind of naturally go over this way. Right? Let's keep going. Uh, another question for you. Uh, again, take out your phones. Uh, do you feel, <laughs> that's that the right one? Do you feel you've been empowered uh, by the church or invited uh, to use your spiritual gifts in our church? Do you feel you've been empowered or invited to use spiritual gifts here in our church? Yes or no? Hey, we're staying around that two-thirds. It's interesting. As a, as a quick poll, I, I'm, I'm, I wonder why that is. Maybe we'll find out here a little bit more. Uh, Rob asked the, the question, are, are spiritual gifts limited to those listed in Scripture? So we're, we're getting to that one um, as well. Um, James, what's your favorite superhero? Hmm. Where did that come from? <laughs> it relates. Uh, my daughter would want me to say Captain America. Marvel. Because, yeah, she has a crush on him. But. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so are you mean DC or Marvel? I'm meaning Marvel. Okay. Well, that helps. Uh, I, would, I would say... Keep your comments to the text, please. <clears throat> um, I, I like the Incredible Hulk. Okay. Fair enough. Don't ask me why. Okay. It, it just, he's okay. someone who came to my mind. Okay, so with Incredible Hulk, there's a lot of anger. Yes, he has some emotional issues. There's some emotional issues, which, bring, which brings us he, to our next question. He does come with some baggage. Which brings us to our next question. Spiritual gifts seem to bring out a lot of emotion in people. Anger, mm. frustration, longing, excitement, fear. Why is yeah. that? Why do people have this emotion? Um, there, there's a lot to that. But some, I actually, that was actually staged. I did want um, Kevin to ask me that question. I did a little bit of research on the Marvel movies, and there's a list you can find on which ones have grossed the most, made the most money worldwide. And at the very top is The Avengers, which made over 1.5 billion worldwide. That's, that's the top of the list of the Marvel movies. And the very last one is The Incredible Hulk. And that one grossed over 263 million. And so you can see from that just how much money they have made. And what they have done is they have, they've tapped into something at the very core of who we are as human beings, especially after the fall and living underneath the curse of sin, is that we always long for more. We live with this sense that there's got to be more to life than what I'm experiencing. I feel so limited. I feel so bound up in this body, yet I live in it, yet I long to be free from it. And Paul talks about that in, in Corinthians. And we really we want to be heroic. Every culture has their heroes. It has their heroic stories. And so we're drawn to the movies like the Avengers that have these superheroes. How many times have you not been asked, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? And typically you think about it and you have an answer. And so we have this longing to be significant, to, to have, be heroic, to have less limits on us, to make a significant difference in the lives of others. And so spiritual gifts are like that. It's almost like, here's an opportunity for me 
to live for something beyond just myself, to actually make a really significant difference in the hearts and lives of people. And so there's, there's emotion attached to it. There's something at the very core of who we are that longs for this. And so I think that it's hard not to come into this without some sense of, okay, do I actually amount to anything? God, does he actually have a plan for my life? Um, does he actually have a way that he wants to use me that's significant? And so there's some tension around it for us and even some angst in our heart and our soul about it. So I think that's part of it. And then I think um, some of my thoughts on, these, on, the, on the gift profiles and the you know, gift inventories and, and personality profiles, um, I think some people have been really frustrated by them. Because I think at times it's, it's been presented as if, now these are kind of the boundaries or the limitations within the Holy Spirit can work. And if you don't fit within them, within that structure, then there's not really a place for you. And that, is, that, that has been, dis, been a bit of a disillusionment for some people. And so I want to encourage you that um, I would take this spiritual gift inventory tomorrow if you are wanting to take it for the purpose of learning the gifts so you can honor them and others. Take it. We need to have a culture of honor where we're able to come alongside each other and recognize when the Spirit is moving and honor it and be able to release them in this and to, to recognize them, release it, and to receive from it. It is so important. So the gift inventories are great that way. But when you're taking it right at the outset and you're trying to learn your gifts, it's like a musician that, that takes his violin apart piece by piece, piece to try to find the music in the violin. You have to just start playing, start serving, start being who God has made you to be. And over time, you'll begin to discover, you know what, there are some ways that God really uses me. And now I want to press in on those things. And I want to take a gift inventory even to help confirm and to affirm what I've already been sensing by the Spirit. Bruce, uh, real quick here. We want to keep The going. emotions? Yeah. Um, one of the things that was interesting in getting questions from people is that we saw again that there's a fair bit of emotion attached to this topic. Uh, for some people, for some of you, you've experienced a lot of pain, disappointment, disillusionment, frustration. For other people, there's quick affinity and joy uh, and intrigue to this. Uh, but I would give two answers to why is there often so much emotion around this topic. Number one, because it's so personal. Number two, because they happen in community. Uh, number one, it's personal because your gifts are expressed in your personality. They're expressed in the way that God has created you and made you. They are a number one way that you commune with God and connect with God on a very intimate level. So they're personal. They're at the very core of your being. And so that makes you vulnerable. And number two is gifts are used in community. They're used in the context of the body of Christ. And so number one, you have a personal thing, this personal gift that you're using, exploring, developing, testing. And number two, you're not doing it alone. You're doing it in community with others. And that means you have to open yourself up and expose some of this to other people. And it makes it very vulnerable. And so we get hurt and we get disappointed. But that's also where we want to have a church community and a body of Christ that actually is a safe place to nurture the gifts, to test the gifts, and to explore the gifts so it, can't be, so it doesn't need to be a painful experience, even though it'll always be an emotional experience. Good. We're going to keep going here. Um, 
Next poll question. Are there spiritual gifts beyond what is listed in Scripture? So this was one that was also texted to me. Are there spiritual gifts beyond what is listed in Scripture? And we're going to get to uh, the question, are we limited to one spiritual gift? That one was texted in as well. Okay, so how are we doing? Are there spiritual gifts? Be- I can't talk and look at this at the same time. It's that, like, focus on one thing. Are there spiritual gifts beyond what is listed in Scripture? Pretty interesting dis- division there. Uh, yes, there are no, definitely not, a uh, big mix of not sure. So we need to address this one. That's up to you guys. Um, one of the ways that, that uh, we talked about maybe even addressing this is, is asking another question. Are there difference, is there a difference between natural gifts and spiritual gifts? Like just the natural gifting. I'm just good at, uh, I'm good at using a pickaxe. Is that a spiritual gift if it helps the church on landscaping day? Uh, comments? Okay, I would, uh, I would say yes, there are gifts beyond what we see listed in Scripture. Why? Because every one of the gifts list that you see there ha- has different gifts listed in them. There are some similarities, but none of those gifts are exhaustive. Uh, God is an incredibly, infinitely creative God. God created us out of nothing. God created the universe out of nothing. Therefore, can God uh, have uh, just an, a multitude of expressions of spiritual gifts in the church? Absolutely. Because the gifts are also connected to your personality again. And one of the uh, instruments that, we, uh, that I mentioned earlier that's on the website, it just refers to, it's called shape. Some of you have heard of it. It talks about uh, spiritual gifts, your heart, your passions is the H. The A is your abilities. What are you just sort of naturally good at and, and that comes easy to you? P is your personality. Uh, what is your personality, your unique wiring, and so on? And E is your experience. And so your experience and your personality and your passions, all of these come, come into it. And so with that, the multitude of expressions of any spiritual gift can look so many different ways. And so I would not see it limited to what's listed in Scripture, but that God can, can go way beyond that and use it in all kinds of different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, <clears throat> um, I agree totally. And those were some of my same thoughts that I believe you know, the Holy Spirit, if you look at creation, he's endlessly creative. Yet at the same time, I do think that, you know, the Bible says that, that he gives us every spiritual gift that we need mm-hmm. to mature and grow. So I do believe he also looks at the needs of a body, local body, and he gifts accordingly um, to the needs that we have. Regarding the question around the difference between natural abilities and gifts, I would say it, it doesn't matter. And it matters. So I would say, first of all, when you, are, when you are young in your faith and you are just starting out, I would say it doesn't matter. Uh, Romans 12, verse 1. Uh, right before Paul gets into the, his gift list in Romans 12, he says, he, says, he says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And so I would say that if you are, <clears throat> are still discerning your gift, gifting, and you're young in your faith, the, the starting point is offering your body to Christ as a living sacrifice. And you leverage everything, everything that you are, all of your gifts, all of your abilities. Because in the end, James says that 
Every good and perfect gift comes from above. It comes from God. That's called common grace. A non-believer has been given gifts and abilities by God, and they can do things that will encourage others and that will help others, and it's common grace. And so you need to leverage all of that for the kingdom in helping each other with all that God has made you to be. But over time, what you'll discover is that there are also ways that God works through me that is not common grace. It's like it's uncommon. He starts to move through things that I do in the hearts and lives of his people, and it makes a difference for them spiritually, and it becomes significant for them, and it edifies the body. It starts to matter. Now it matters. Now you press in. Okay, what is that? Now I want to start to be strategic. And I'm going to do everything I can to begin to function within that way because God is inviting me to be a part of what he's doing. He's saying, look at this is how I want to use you. Press in. Learn about it. Be strategic. Grow. Find mentors to help you and leverage that gift. Yeah, I want to get going here. Okay. Did you have a comment there or it has to be quick? I was going to say that um, I like this sometimes topic. you just need to use a shovel and actually help. Yeah. Sometimes there's just something that needs to be cleaned up and put away and you just need to put it away. Those are very natural things of just serving. That's, that's part of it. Um, but there is an interesting continuum on this because every perfect gift is from above. Every, there's no, really no separation between secular and sacred. So everything that God has created is for his purposes and for his glory. But I agree with James. There's something unique and distinct. When we place our life in Jesus, he places his spirit in us. And there is a supernatural gifting that he gives through his Holy Spirit that takes some of these things that are natural to us, that God has uniquely created us, and now empowers us and fills us with the Holy Spirit to use it in a very unique way. And part of that is for the building up of the church. And we see that in these texts, is that these gifts are used to build up the church for the common good. And so that's what makes them unique and distinct. And they have all kinds of different expressions, but there's sort of this natural continuum from, from the natural, what you might call natural gifts, to the spiritual gifts, But there is something different that happens when the Spirit of God is placed within us and these are used for the common good and for his glory. Okay. Use my spiritual gift to keep going. Um, (laughs) Next one. Uh, This is for you guys. A question uh, out there for the audience. Uh, What would help you use your spiritual gifts more effectively in the church? Uh, Pick two. I think you can pick two on the app. What would help you? What do we need? More teaching, more mentoring, an opportunity, uh, more courage on your own part. You need some encouragement. We just need to cheer you on. We need to encourage our congregation more here. Um, And mentoring. Mentoring is something that uh, Chan and Spencer have been talking about for a while. If you would like to mentor a young person in the life of our church, please come and talk to us. That doesn't mean that you have to be a great spiritual giant, uh, but we definitely would love to just connect you and uh, those of you that are farther along in your faith. That's one way to do that. Um, It's good. Okay? Mm -hmm. We've got to keep going here. There's a, a few other questions. Do, do gifts change over time? Or they, are they, can they just be for a season? I think that was texted in here as well, but it was on our list. Uh, do, that so gifts easy. change? That's so easy. I'm going to let Bruce take that one. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I think uh, God is the creator of all things. Uh, can, can gifts change? Sure they can. God is all-powerful. He can, he can place a gift in a person for a moment for a certain particular season, so absolutely. But I think in general, gifts stay pretty consistent with people over their lifetime in terms of how God has created you, how he has wired you. But what I would say changes the most probably is how that gift is expressed. Because going back to your passions, 
that change over time, going back to your personality, which probably doesn't change a lot over time, but your experiences change a lot over time, and your gift will mature and grow and develop and be used differently early on in your life than it will be later on in life. So the way the gift is expressed will change over time absolutely. And I think God also has the power to completely change the gifts and give us new gifts at different seasons in our life for sure as well too. But I think generally they stay mostly consistent. James, how would you answer that? Hey, are, no, I'm going to ask Oh, you're going to keep going. Uh, are, are we limited to one gift? That was texted in here. Are we limited to one gift or do we have a ga- full gamut we can access them all? Um, my thoughts, um, and this even just goes with what Bruce was saying as well, um, I think something that we have to remember is that we don't have a relationship with a set of rules. We have a relationship with a person. Mm-hmm. The person of Jesus Christ, the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person, an individual, you know, with, a, with, a, with an intellect and a will and emotions. And so we have to be really careful about um, how we understand how the giftings come. And even how we discern. Have you, have you talked to the Holy Spirit? Have you asked him? Have you asked Jesus? Jesus, how have you gifted me? Um, could, you, could you show me? Could you help me? Could you show me what you want me to do so that I can start to understand how you've gifted me? And I think we have to, sometimes we make it so complicated. It is a relationship with a person who is real and alive and will guide us and counsel us. Well, I'm going to keep going here. Uh, How do you not get jaded in the gift of giving? When you have the gift of giving and people just continually keep asking for money. Or what about the people with helps? They're just continually helping and helping and just how how to guard themselves from... They want to use their gift, but it's kind of an overused one. Is that their issue? Is that other people's issue for taking advantage of them? I was hoping we wouldn't get to this question. Because <laughs> well, I, I made sure that we did. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, it's a hard one. And this is one that came out in the responses and questions that, that people asked. And I know I've talked to many people who, who've been uh, gifted with the ability to give money and who are asked continuously. And, and I feel for those people because they, they often it's similar people who get called on over and over and over again. And it's hard not to get jaded in those gifts. It's hard also not to get jaded, like you said, Kevin, in, in terms of helping. Some people just serve and serve and serve sacrificially, and they wonder, like, does anybody even notice? Does anybody care? Um, what I would say, I, I, don't, I would not have a full answer for you, but I would say what's important to remember again is to, is to always look beyond the immediate, look beyond the individual of yourself, look beyond even the community that the gift is for. And this is where I think it helps to see the kingdom of God. And to know that this is more than just for the local church. This is more than just for this local setting. This is more than just my gift um, because it's actually not my gift. This is, Lord, everything that I have is yours. Everything. All the resources, all the time, all the money. And if we have that posture and that attitude, it helps us in order to be able to give sacrificially. And I know that there are so many people in this church who do that over and over and over again. And I just say thank you for continuing to use that gift. Same with people who just serve and serve and serve and thanklessly. And it's hard not to get jaded, but as you lift your eyes and see God and that it's his gift and what he's given us and it's for the sake of the kingdom, it helps to persevere. And we need more of that encouragement, as it said in that last uh, piece there in the poll. Yeah, that takes us to our our last poll question here. We're going to start wrapping up. Um, 
Last poll question. In the last six months, have you thanked or encouraged someone for using their spiritual gifts in our church? Kind of a self-reflection question. Uh, while you're doing that, some questions that came in that we haven't had a chance to answer. Uh, one question that we were talking about in, for, was specifically for James and your prophetic giftings. As people growing in these gifts approach you with questions, what do, you, what do they ask and how do you encourage them? That's a specific one for James and the prophetic gifting. Another one that came in, just to put it out there so you can discuss. Um, you guys are lucky you got enough. This one came in late, otherwise I was going to ask it. Uh, what would you say to sensationists who believe that the apostolic spiritual gifts, prophecy, tongues, inspiration of scripture, have stopped since the early days of the church? If they have not ceased, then how can we maintain a closed scriptural canon or prevent people from using their gifts from overwhelm, overwriting scripture? Those cessationists, those, the gifts have ceased with the early church. What do you, how do you say, what do you comment to them on? Sorry, you can't answer it right now, I know, because uh, we have about negative a minute. So those are some questions that, uh, that came in. I know there's been some others that, that have also come in uh, as well that I think we hit most or all of them. If I missed yours, I'm sorry. Cha- uh, spiritual gifts have changed. Uh, can they be learned or developed over time? Yeah, we kind of touched on that one. Sorry for not hitting that one as hard. Uh, we limited to one gift. Um, have you? Okay, so we're about 50-50 up there. So we can definitely uh, continue to encourage those people with, uh, with spiritual gifts uh, and, uh, and just use that as a kind of a self-reflective thing. Uh, we need to get the parents out to uh, pick up their kids and uh, wrap this one up. Last comments? I'm, this is really dangerous here that I even said that. <laughs> I just want to acknowledge that last question. It's an important question and one that I don't want to just sort of dismiss. And I, I would love to kind of step into that, but that would take a little bit longer than the Absolutely. time that we have. Uh, I think biblically it, it teaches and shows us that the gifts are, they do continue. And I'll stop there, yeah, but good. there's things on our website that speak to that. We just don't have time to go into it. But Speaking of our website, question. good transition, yeah. Bruce. Yeah. Uh, uh, com, Attridge Congregation, go to Digital resources. Bulletin right there. Go to resources up in the top right where the little hand is. Click on that. And uh, over to the spiritual gifts part. Click there on the left side. And then understanding spiritual gifts, where do I start discerning, personal study reflection. We have a bunch of resources available for you to, uh, to use there. That's right under our Attridge uh, page under resources. That would be the way to go. We good? So I'm going to close in prayer. I know there's a lot of other questions out there. Uh, have those discussions with each other. Corner these guys after the service uh, would be great. But let me uh, just wrap this up in prayer. God, you're good. Thank you for the gifts that uh, are here in the life of our church. Thank you for the discussions that, uh, that we can have around this. And uh, God, I pray that uh, we would continue as a church to grow in our spiritual gifts, that we would uh, encourage one another, that those that need to take risks and identify them uh, would have that, but uh, also others would come alongside them and, and encourage them in that way as well. God, help us to not just hear your word, but actually to go and live it. And uh, may we do that with, with your grace today. In your name, amen. Amen. One of the um, questions that came into uh, Kevin, um, someone had texted in, was asking, you know, for myself as a prophet, how would I help release, you know, some of the prophetic giftings? And so I had a really unique opportunity this past week, and I'm really excited. I'm going to ask Marty Giesbrecht if you want to come up, and I will get a mic for you. 
But Marty um, got in touch with me this last week, and we were able to meet together. We actually met right here at the church, out in the lounge on Thursday afternoon, and she wanted to meet with me. And Marty, just to start us off, why don't you share the reason why you texted me and wanted to meet? Um, I had been feeling God nudging me since probably about the new year, um, just to step out of my comfort zone, uh, to be more bold in sharing my faith, not just sharing my faith with friends who I knew would be accepting of what I said, but actually to speak to people who I knew might very well not accept. And one of the reasons this was is because he's been giving me a few dreams, three of them over the last few years, that have been about his second coming. And so when I first heard Bruce and James speaking about prophecy and their spiritual gifts um, during the service during, in the wintertime, I felt the need to get in touch with you, James, in regards to prophecy. And I kept putting it off, putting it off, until Easter when I was given a third dream. And while the first two dreams were very beautiful, full of joy and the wonder of when he comes back and just how awesome that's going to be, this last dream was actually more about anguish because... In the dream, I knew he was coming that night, but there were loved ones, friends, family that I knew wouldn't be coming. And so I knew time to stop ignoring and just using excuses. Um, yeah, and to pray and to, uh, you know, to be more bold in sharing my faith as well. So I did get in touch with James at the Easter service, and we exchanged phone numbers, and I just said, can we meet? And he said, sure. And I didn't follow through because I kept listening to this the voice in my head that kept saying, there's no way God can use me, that I wasn't good enough, and that no one would believe me when I said that God had been communicating with me through dreams, and really, who did I think I was that he could use me? And then now when we started these services with spiritual gifts, I knew it was time to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit instead. Looking back over my prayer journal for the last little bit, as I looked through it yesterday, um, I could really see various ways how God's been moving in my life, whether it was through devotions that I was reading, books I was reading, um, songs, various ways. I could just see how um, he was preparing me, showing me that he uses weak people because it shows his strength, showing me that the battle's not mine, it's his, and that he sees in here for me and not the outside of what other people see. So now it's my turn to honor him and do as he asks. And the book of Isaiah has been very instrumental for me in choosing to listen and to obey because it's given me courage and that I don't need to be discouraged or be afraid because God is with me, strengthening me and holding me up from Isaiah 41.10. So yeah, so I sent James a message to meet and we did this on Thursday afternoon here because I was looking for some advice on what these dreams could mean. Were they just for me? Were they for other people? other people so that I needed to share them, but I guess I just needed some direction. That's what I was for. So what, what direction did I end up giving you? Um, James and I went to just basically discuss what I had uh, been dreaming and then how to test the dreams, making sure that they're from God, not from Satan masquerading as an angel of light. Some of these things I had been doing already, but I did get some more tips and more clarification from him for that, and so that was great. Um, he also helped me by giving me some passage uh, scripture areas to look for and to, for more discernment and to seek God's will and direction. And in the end, then, his advice at the end was to pray for discernment. How should I share this gift? Was it only for me? Was it to share in a small group? Was it to share with friends? Where to start? 
So I actually had asked her to, like she said, spend some time in prayer. Ask, ask God to give you wisdom. We have a relationship not with a set of rules, but with a person, the person of Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit. And so I asked her, I said, so you need to ask him, talk to him. And I said, when you, when you do uh, get a response, text me, and I'd like to know. And so uh, Friday morning, I was out on a bike ride, and I was praying through this Sunday morning, and I was working through the questions, and I was preparing as I was riding. And as I was riding and thinking about this, I thought about the conversation that Marty and I had had, and I was thinking, you know what, it would be so amazing if Marty could come up here and share. But I thought, you know what, that would be, that would be absolutely terrifying for her to do that. And as I was praying that through and, and contemplating, should I ask, should I not, I got a text. I had my phone in my jersey, and I got a text, and I took it out, and I looked at it, and it was from Marty. And I didn't have time to read it. I put it back in my jersey. When I got home, I read it. And Marty, why don't you tell me what you texted me? Okay, so we serve a very awesome God, and I have grown to learn that more in the last few years. But I tell you, this was pretty amazing how we worked this in the last few days. Um, So Thursday night, after speaking with James, I had asked before I went to bed, I was just praying, Lord, like, just show me what do you want me to do with this? And gave me another dream. In this dream, I was sitting on the steps here with a microphone in my hand, and the only thing I remember saying was, let me tell you my story. And then after that, it switched to, I was walking down the aisle, and there was people who didn't believe me. And so how I, and then I woke up from there. I woke up with the song, to tell you my story is to tell of him. And I knew what he was telling me. It's time to tell what he's telling me, and also to share, but also to realize, of course, there's going to be opposition. Satan doesn't want me to share. He doesn't want Christians to wake up and realize we need to live because Jesus could be coming any moment. So, yeah, it was pretty amazing how he responded so well. So, yeah, so I texted him, and, yeah, and now it's time to share, even though I'm still (laughs) nervous. So you had a few thoughts around um, some of the dreams. One of the things I had said to Marty is you um, need to bring some some scripture into this to give it some foundation. Because one of the tests we always have when we have these, you know, revelations or these dreams is, is it biblical? Does it honor God? Does it, does it edify yourself? Does it edify the body? And so I asked her to do that. And so she, she did put some scripture also to this. And I'll just let you share that. All right. So then some of the scripture that um, I was led to yesterday as I was praying and discerning was 1 Peter 4, verses 7 and 10. The first one being the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Verse 10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And Revelations 1, verse 7a, Look, he is coming on the clouds of heaven, and everyone will see him. And this was the first dream that Jesus, uh, that Jesus gave me. I was walking up to a church that I didn't know opened the doors. Instead of stepping into a sanctuary, I stepped out onto the clouds, and I knew Jesus was taking his people home. And there is just no way that a person can describe how that feeling of joy was and just excitement. But I guess, and even just to see the lights and the colors that were on display that he showed me. But I mean, the only description that I could give is when you're outside one day, just don't look at the sun, but just close your eyes and feel the sun on your face and that perfect temperature of warmth is 
a teensy amount of how perfect his love is, and the colors that we see there. Like you can't really describe when the sun is shining, like a like the lights that you see behind your eyelids. But it's just beautiful, and that's what it's going to be. And we need to live every moment as if he could come any moment. And therefore, just like don't keep your faith to yourself. We need to share. We need to build each other up. Amen. One of the commandments um, that God gives, actually it's the commandment that he gives more than any other in scripture, is, is summed up, it's basically two words, and that's fear not. Um, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid. And so Marty was willing to come up here and face your fear, and to be obedient. And I think the reason why that, that command is given so often, because it's so often fear that keeps us from doing what God wants us to do. And we're afraid. And so the saying goes, if you want to walk on the water, you have to get out of the boat. And Marty was willing to get out of the boat. And so this is also a picture, though, of how you can come alongside somebody and honor them in their gifting. So she came and talked to me about this. And I, you know, in, in the process of meeting with her, I recognized, you know what, God has, has given you a prophetic gifting. He speaks to you in amazing ways. He opens up to you the, the, the spiritual reality in which we live. And then the opportunity to release her, even in a small way, to begin to exercise that gift, to gain some confidence, some, some courage, and then to be able to receive from her. She spoke with urgency. A prophet speaks with a sense of nowness and urgency, a revelation, the sense that, that this is what we need to be doing right now. And so she, she, we were able to receive from her this morning. And we were able to honor her in our, in our gifting. Thanks, James. Thanks for leading through that. And Marty, thank you for taking a risk. That's a huge risk. It's very vulnerable to do that. And what we wanted to do with this was, was to be vulnerable and take a risk together and just sort of walk out some of the things that we've been talking about uh, in this series. One of the things that came up on the, on the meter that you responded to what you need more of is just encouragement. And even as James and I were talking about this morning, our sense and our desire is that Nobody would leave here with any kind of sense of discouragement. Uh, we want you to leave encouraged today. We want our church to be a safe place to explore these things, to talk about these things. That's why we had Marty kind of share. It's taking a risk. But it's 1 Corinthians 14. Paul says, uh, seek after in love these greater gifts. And then he speaks specifically about prophecy and this, this role of encouragement for the church and this urgency and this nowness gift that is there. And so we wanted to just use that as an example. And God provided that example for us this week which was really beautiful. So what we want to do is just have a time of prayer. And I would invite you as a congregation, would you just stand? Would we stand together? James and I are just going to lead us in a time of prayer. Our desire in this prayer time, again, is, just, is, is not that anybody would feel discouraged, but that God would encourage you uniquely. And as you leave from here today in a, in a few moments, we don't want anybody to feel like, oh, this doesn't apply to me or that isn't mine because we're not supposed to compare in these ways, but that we would just receive the gifts that God has for us. So one of the things that I'm going to ask you to do as we pray is if you this morning and through this series have felt, God, I just long for more, that you would show me more, that you would help me to receive more, that as we pray that you would just open your hands in that posture of just wanting to receive this gift. Now, for whatever reason this morning, if, you don't, if you're just not ready to open your hands, it doesn't mean that you're not a spiritual person or that you don't qualify or anything like that. So please just relax in that. Again, there is no guilt or condemnation here. But if there is something unique that you feel like God has been speaking to you, encouraging you in, 
asking you to ask for more. Maybe God has been asking you to ask for more of the gifts that he has for you. That you in this posture would just open your hands to receive. And then we will lead you and guide you in prayer for that. And James is going to begin and lead us in prayer. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, and Holy Spirit, we acknowledge right now that you are more present in this moment than we are. You are here. You are among us. We just want to acknowledge your presence here. You are alive. You are the God who lives. And this incredible truth that you actually live in us. That you, Lord Jesus, went to the cross to forgive our sin, to pay the penalty for our sin, to redeem us, to wash us clean, to reconcile us again to our Father. That we can now have an intimate, personal relationship with the maker, creator, sustainer of this of this universe. And not only that, but then you promised you would not leave us as orphans, but you'd actually come to live in us by your Holy Spirit. What an incredible truth. What an incredible set of circumstances that you actually live in us. We are a temple of your Holy Spirit. And that we, Lord Jesus, are your body. That you want to reach out and you want to minister to this city. You want to minister to the world through us. And so it is so vital that we are healthy spiritually, that we as a body are full of health and vitality, that we are, we are we're edifying one another and encouraging one another and submitting to one another because if we want to join you in what you're doing, we have to be healthy. We have to be loving one another and caring for one another. And so I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would continue to give courage to each one here to take the next step you're asking them to take in using the gifts you've given them in just simply serving and being who you've made them to be. I pray for that, Lord. And I want to pray specifically for those who are here and maybe they're filled with fear or maybe there's confusion. Maybe there's disillusionment. Maybe there's anger. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd minister to them that you'd bring healing to them. Pray that you'd help us to be able to honor one another and come alongside one another and to really encourage and to build up and, and, and help each of us to step into all that you have for us. Mm-hmm. So Father, we just thank you and praise you for all that you're doing. Help us to continue to learn and grow in this together as a body that we might c- continue to bring great glory to you. We pray this in your name. Mm-hmm. Amen. Lord, we agree, and we just acknowledge again that in this discussion of spiritual gifts and through this series that it's all about you. It's not about us, that every good and perfect gift comes from our Heavenly Father. And these are for the common good to build up the body of Christ into maturity and for your glory. And so we acknowledge that before you and that that these gifts are not about us or necessarily for us, but they're for you and your glory and your church. God, that we might be effective for your mission in the world. And so we pray for that, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that today that every person with held out hands would just receive and know the love of the Heavenly Father in a very intimate way. And God, that you would impart on on each one the gifts that you would have for us, Lord, for the sake of your church and for your kingdom and for your glory. That it would be to encourage one another, to build one another up, to give glory to you. 
And God, that you would impart on us as a church unique giftings for what you have for us, the calling that you have. You've called us to live a life worthy of the calling that we have received. And so we just thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit and the gifts of your Spirit. And we say thank you for these gifts that you give us. And so Lord, would you pour out more? Would you help us to long for more? And Lord, would you help us to encourage one another in these gifts? To encourage Marty and so many like her that as we all grow and mature in the gifts that you have given us, Lord, may we be a safe place to do that. And so, Lord, we pray that we would bless one another and that we would encourage one another for the sake of your kingdom and for your glory. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.